0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Deep dives on some really controversial subjects. So right now we're working on sanctuary cities. And my partner's an attorney, so he's going to cover the legal aspects. You know, plain talk, not legalese. We're going to rip a story from the headlines about how sanctuary cities affect real people. Talk about the history. Uh, Give each of our... uh, responses to this dilemma that we're going to pull from the headlines my conservative response his progressive response (laughs) we will actually tape as a podcast our debate of our various responses and then the takeaway will be uh, the final piece is uh what we've learned from each other if anything and no promises so we're doing sanctuary cities and then we'll do political correctness and voter fraud and the book i think will end up just being sort of a behind the scenes um process behind the scenes record of how we manage to stay friends and work together and then as we have more and more of these deep dives we might just republish them once a year in one uh, complete set
0: tell you that that sounds like a uh, a pretty cool little project Um, I want to start with my, my first question to you is How did you come up with this idea? Because it's a conservative and a progressive getting together on a topic.
2: Yes, not only that, but it's a gay progressive and a Mormon conservative. (laughs) So we are really, really um, interesting. So we just made friends at a writer's conference years ago, and we've always been interested in debating these things. We're both very fierce personalities, very kind of forces of nature and intense. so we like each other, we don't intimidate each other. And after Trump... Won the election, my gay progressive friend was very humbled and he said, You know what? I want to start a recovery group for recovering liberal elites. Because we always thought we were the smartest people in the room, and I see now that we did a lot of damage with that. So I I respect him quite a bit, and we were just talking about it, and we thought, You know, it would be interesting to do what we do anyway out loud. Um, you know, for the benefit of other people, because all this don't unfriend me. I've had two people unfriend me since the election. One's my next-door neighbor who ran (laughs) away from me on the street. You ran away from me. And a very, very long-term friend who accused me of delighting in her suffering. And so it's a real (laughs) phenomenon, this don't unfriend me. And, And the idea is, look, if he and I can debate and have conversations about really controversial things, then who can't? Come on, it can be done. Uh, agreeable disagreement. Let's just get over ourselves and, and you know, kind of step it up and be a little bit more
0: civilized. IQ, what do you think about this? This is an extraordinary idea.
3: It's a bloody good idea. But I don't know how to work out. I I'm honestly, write
2: that down. You know, it's, it's, like,
3: it's like a Jew and then a Muslim trying to debate exactly. uh, Palestine. <laughs> uh, but uh, go, for, go for it. Good luck to you.
0: Thank now, you. Now, Dan, do you have any uh, feedback here? Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I have
1: been on with this lovely woman before.
0: Yes, yes.
1: I I want to take your first premise of Sanctuary Cities, and I'm I'm about to expand your book. Great. The feeling about Sanctuary Cities is that state city and county governments are ignoring the federal law as it relates to immigration and that uh, perhaps the Attorney General and the President will find ways in which to get the states to comply. Okay? okay. So so what's happening here in sanctuary cities is that the federal government has passed legislation signed by the president's law of the land about what's supposed to happen to illegal immigrants coming into the United States. Okay? Okay. And um, in the case of the Constitution, bona fide federal law trumps, no pun intended, state law. Okay? Okay. Okay. If the state passes legalization of marijuana and it's a federal crime, who's in trouble?
2: In the state? Nobody. Because Colorado's well, in trouble. Well, no.
1: What I'm saying is, under the premise of sanctuary cities, if there's a federal statute that requires the states to do certain things as it relates to illegal activities and illegal Aliens. There's also federal narcotics laws that are specific about what the states are supposed to do what was that? as it relates to the legalization of marijuana, cocaine, heroin, or whatever. And we have a you department of, we have a DEA, so. Drug Enforcement Agency, who is responsible for enforcing the law as much as we have homeland security and border security responsible for enforcing the law. In those two cases under the Obama administration, neither is being enforced. So my question to you, dear lady, if you're going to write about sanctuary cities and the ability of the states to defy the central government and the law of the land, you have to include in that legalization at the state level of controlled substances that the federal government says are illegal.
2: Yes. And I think that's a very good point. I know part of it is just prosecutorial discretion, and they can't go after every single thing, so they pick and choose. But back to your comment about bona fide federal law trumps state law, that is certainly part of this situation. But what about the enumerated powers? What about uh, like the Fourth? Uh, the Fourth? No, yeah, the Fourth Amendment allows Congress to decide who gets to be a citizen, but but it does not say who controls that the federal government controls in and out of the country. So the states, I think, one thing, it's very, very murky. I've talked to ICE. I've talked to uh, uh, FEDS, San Francisco County Sheriff's Office, City Attorney's Office, and I cannot get anyone to tell me, look, is this legal or not? Are you are you defying legal rules, or are you saying we don't have to follow it because we're following the higher law, or are you saying because of the 10th Amendment you can't make us do this? There's one law, 1373, that uh, controls uh, communication between government agencies. As far as I can tell, that is legally binding on the states, and they are not doing it. So what I want to know is, if they're not doing it, why not? And if it is illegal, why aren't the feds prosecuting them? So that's kind of the narrowed it down. Yeah,
1: but you, 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 you kind of answered your own question when you talked about the fact that that this, the the laws that are passed by the federal government are different than how a president uses discretionary powers of what he's going to enforce. If the law says that it's, and and Congress has passed it and signed, the president has, a president has signed to make it law of the land, that there are, that illegals coming into the country need to be dealt with and be deported. The, The president giving discretionary power to homeland security and border control of who's going to be arrested, who's not going to be arrested, who's going to be dispersed indiscriminately to cities around the country, those are powers that um, shouldn't be discriminatory and shouldn't be discretionary. Either you follow the law of the land or you don't. Now, in the case of marijuana, you've got the same situation. The federal government has declared that marijuana is a controlled substance. And the states, because the administration, Mr. Obama, for the last eight years and the attorney generals, the two of them, have chosen not to enforce immigration, not to enforce sanctuary cities, and not to enforce drugs, have given the states latitude that they never should have had. And so now it's going to be a very difficult—I've written about what you're about to talk about in search— sanctuary cities. I believe that of all the issues that are outstanding, including Obamacare, defense, immigration, all of these things, the most difficult challenge for Mr. Trump and for the country is the 375 sanctuary cities that we have in the United States.
2: May I ask you where, if you got that official number somewhere, because I've not been able to find an official number. I get a a tally, kind of a uh, a, a close tally on the Center for Immigration Studies, but where are you getting that
1: 375 number? I get that. I've gotten the number off the internet from several different places. I don't have it at my fingertips, okay. no but uh, I'll, I'll Jim can get me first. get me your contact information, sure. and I will send it on to you. Uh, right. and, and, but and, but, and but you we have you know when we account? have um, democratic mayors of major cities who have, who basically said. We're not going to enforce the immigration laws, no matter what ICE says, no matter what the government says. And the government, the central government, takes no action. We have emboldened the states and the cities to do what the hell they want to do. For example, there was a report last weekend that California gave over 200,000 driver's licenses to illegal aliens in the state of California. And one of the prerequisites of being able to get the ability to vote is that you have a driver's license. So here we have illegal aliens who are not registered as citizens of the United States, and the state government has decided to give driver's licenses to hundreds of thousands of these illegals so they can vote in the election. And there's a pretty good chance they ain't going to vote Republicans. So,
2: well, one of the uh, wrinkles is that the feds cannot force the states to enforce immigration law, especially policing. It's very, very, very clearly laid out in the Constitution that that is a power reserved to the states. So it's not quite as black and white. I think that's why there's so much confusion. I did not understand this. And I've tried for weeks and I get it better now. My partner as well. We're just amazed at how confusing this is that I cannot even get a straight answer from ICE or county sheriffs or uh, detention centers here in Utah. I don't know if they don't know, where they keep referring us on to press, and then press doesn't know, press office. So clearly, there is, there is a real muddled issue at the bottom here, and I'm not, I'm not sure that it will ever be decided until it makes its way up to the Supreme Court. There's no case law that requires. So I need to know, is it, is it illegal for them to violate 1373, or have they interpreted it some way that it's not, or are they doing it anyway to try to try force it to SCOTUS? Supreme Court. But either way, it's, well, not right. it's just a fascinating, fascinating
1: issue. The other, other issue, a part of your uh, analysis you might want to think about is that um, the Obama administration, in order to get the local governments and state governments to support their position on illegal immigration, have created influence in the funding of the police budgets through federal grants in the United States. And Correct. The they reimburse department, the
2: states for whatever they spend to detain those illegal immigrants, yes. Pardon me? Yes, I know that the, the federal government is talking about withholding those grants because they're specifically for reimbursement to the counties and the cities for detaining illegal aliens for paying them with their custodial And care. so the
1: central government is using the power of the purse to force the expansion of illegal immigration in the United States when, in fact, the central government should be controlling our borders, and it's choosing under discretionary powers not to do that. And I think that that, that to me, is going to be the most difficult challenge for the new Attorney General, because I think there are going to a lot of people, you know, Hitler said, if you tell a big enough lie, often enough people begin to believe it's true. And I think that we've got an administration over the last eight years who's told some whopper lies and we got people believing them. You know, you, 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 when your initial dialogue with Jim, you talked about your, your partner and his depression uh, at the outcome of the election. I don't know how many president elections you've been through, but I go back to um, uh, Dwight Eisenhower. Um, I've never seen the losing side so demoralized as, as we saw the Democrats in this election. I mean, we're talking about uh, counseling in colleges and universities to students who were despondent over the fact that Hillary didn't win. And That's the idea, the right the
2: everything idea
1: everything that we have to, to, uh, we have to provide counseling for people okay. because they can't handle the fact that they lost.
2: But I'm not sure that's the Democrats. I think that's just our society today.
1: You don't think the Democrats were despondent of the fact that Hillary Absolutely. didn't win?
2: Absolutely. But I think that we have given overall colleges have given permission to people not to manage their feelings, but to feel sorry and to have to need comfort. So in a in an earlier stage, they just have to suck it up a little bit more. But in today's era, oh if it hurts my feelings, I get a puppy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I get a companion dog.
2: Uh, okay. So, what are the subjects you
1: think you're going to tackle in this book?
2: Say, I'm sorry, What you said.
0: The the, the subjects, the, the 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 topics. Oh, subjects.
2: Oh, they're endless. What other subjects? Correctness, free speech, and microaggressions, uh, voter fraud. Uh, let's see. Well, we just we just keep coming up with new ones, and I, I figure we'll go sort of like a wave that just keeps rolling and so we'll do sanctuary cities and what will we'll come up right now we're planning to do political correctness and then as we do that one maybe something else will emerge we'll, we have a whole list you know gun control gay marriage um any controversial subject in fact we've put out on our facebook page if, if people have you know subjects that they would really like to understand better let us know because we hope, we hope to be the cliff notes for some of these subjects you know, short. Um, short like uh, we call them deep dives but they're like mini e-books and there'll be like I said a a standard format like you know the the so and so for dummies you know computers for dummies math for dummies ours will be uh, don't unfriend me for um, sanctuary cities or political correctness. So every single issue, and the the cool thing is that you know we don't let each other get away with anything. So if I say something, he makes me source it and back it up, and if he says something, likewise. So it's it's a it's a perfect combination for for accuracy. There's no yes in nothing. It's very very clean.
1: Let me uh, let me ask you or uh, uh, give you a, a subject matter that I think that would that. Um, might be very interesting to, to talk about. Um, on constitution.com, and you can go there on, in the archive, look up my name, and you'll see an article. The title of the article is, and I think Jim's seen this, What Would Martin Luther King think of his people today? Now, in the in the mid-70s, I was involved in the civil rights movement in Columbus, Ohio, and was uh in director of of media for the organization that brought the class action suit to desegregate the public schools in Columbus, Ohio, and um, I, I uh, over the over the ensuing ten years after that, continued to be active in the civil rights movement. What bothers me today is we have black students on campus who are specifically asking to be segregated Correct. in their housing and in their classes. Correct. What's going on in our society? and is it is it a an expansion of political correctness that has caused this, that we have gone, the pendulum that swung way too far, and we are now having to pay a price for it going too far, meaning, I want to have my 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 comfort dog. I don't want to go to any college or university where there's any controversy. I don't want to associate with only black, with just black people. I don't want whites or Hispanics or Asians. I want my own black dorms. I want my own black food menu. What, is, that politi- is that political correctness gone too far?
2: Oh, yes, and you're so right that the pendulum swung way too far in the other direction. But you reminded me that one of the topics we're going to cover is can uh, black people be racist? You know, but because you, you read some of the standard mainstream stuff, Uh, and the left will say, no, only white people can be racist because it has to be people in power. Well, my contention is, of course, everybody can be racist. And that's going to be a big subject that we cover. I just realized also, I remember, we're going to do Obamacare and climate change and uh, income inequality, just you name it, we're going to do it. But I really want to attack that racism one because um, I, I just think it's so so what's the word Uh, paralyzing if you don't if you don't identify the problem correctly you can't solve it and i'm not just about preaching or blaring my opinion i i think people are suffering real people are suffering and we need to do what we can to alleviate that suffering but if we don't identify the problem correctly if we just go spouting off what we think is true then that hurts real people so i want to get down to the bottom of you know how are black people racist if they are what are the pernicious effects to themselves, as well as to the rest of society. And there's just a lot of, there's a lot of hoo-ha, there's a lot of noise that goes back and forth between the sides. And I've just noticed, just working on Sanctuary Cities, I did not know what I thought I knew. There's a lot to it that kind of calmed down some of my agitation. And likewise, my partner, he did not realize some of the things from my side that calmed down his agitation. So there's just people are so superficial that, you know, are busy, headlines are clickbait. And so to really, like, that's what we're calling it a deep dive. I mean, absolutely everything in the history, the legal, the, the current, so that if, if someone takes the time to read this, you know, maybe take an hour or so to read it, they will really understand the issue.
1: Um, one other subject, if I could ask or, or make a suggestion yeah. you might want to consider in your dialogue fake news. <laughs>
2: What, fake news. Oh, thank you. Yes, fake news. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to add that. That's a great idea.
1: Jim, did you see the article last week where the Washington – IQ and I were talking about it before we came on the air. Yes. The Washington Post said that the Russians hacked the elect, election.
0: Oh, yes. I. And, to,
1: and today, <laughs> today the Washington Post came out after major Democrats came out and said – there's no evidence that one vote was influenced by the Russians. Now the Washington Post res- rescinded their story. But you got the president out there on this fake story. And then you had the guy from WikiLeaks this morning came out and also said, uh, last, I guess last night in an interview with Sean, absolutely we did not get the information from the Russians. So we got the president suspending 35 people, sending them home, doing sanctions for something that was never true
2: true. I don't know who said it, but,
0: you know, a lie makes it around the world before the truth gets on its pants. <laughs> now, IQ, what, what, what do you make of all this that, that you have heard here from Donna and from Dan and, and everything?
3: Well, as an outsider looking in, the reason why you have the situation in America that you have today is because of 60 years of indoctrination by the liberal left. 60 years. If you look at Harvard University or Columbia, the the most relevant, relevant? no, the most prominent educators there are left-wingers. They're all literally left-wingers and they are clueless, completely clueless about reality of life. So what do you have? You have children growing up, graduating from university, not facing reality, not have been taught. To face reality. This is why in last time when I talked to you, and I would like the lady to think about it, conscription should be brought in. It is the only way in the shortest possible time to bring Americans together, men and women, for one year.
2: That's awesome. I agree. I, I missed that. What? How do we bring people together for one year?
1: Conscription. Conscription. Oh, uh,
2: conscription. oh. oh you know, that's not a bad idea.
1: <laughs> no it came from IQ so it's a great idea
2: <laughs> that's right
3: <laughs> Dan you're always fantastic this is why I keep, my, I keep my mouth shut when you ask questions because I learn so much <laughs> now,
1: I, um, you know it's interesting uh, going back to the, uh, what IQ is saying let me give you an example you may you may not remember this or maybe you will but it's an example of, of both, both what IQ said And what I talked about fake news, when the Green Party, Jill Stein, lost her bid for recounts in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, and there was no material change in the voter outcome, they, they, they moved the next level of attack against Trump to attacking the the constitution and the electoral college. I believe the professor's name was Sims from Harvard university. And he said, and was quoted in mainstream media, that he believed there were at least 20 electoral voters who were gonna switch their vote from Trump to Hillary. And so the press ran with this number of 20, because 20 was a magic number to try and bring the 270 votes in play. But when they counted the electoral votes, and in fact, Trump lost one, nobody in the media went back and challenged the college professor. Well, who were the 20 that said, you said, we're going to switch? Nobody challenged when the story came out that there were 20 electorals who were going to change because it wasn't true. Right. So here we had a college professor three of the from Harvard trying to influence the election by telling a lie.
0: Donna, you, was, you, were, you, were, you were saying something. Well, what were you saying there?
2: Well, a total of four electors jumped ship. And one of them did jump from Trump to Hillary, but the other three, which has gone completely unreported, went from Hillary to Trump. <laughs> I love that.
0: It's a hell of a well, deal. I, I under I,
1: I, I understand, but my, my my point is they were if you recall when when they were trying to do the recount in in mm-hmm. Wisconsin, a bunch of unemployed actors in in California did this infomercial on why the founding fathers didn't really believe in the electoral college and uh, you have a moral responsibility to not follow the law in your state but to vote separately and um, um, Chris Steyerwall who was on, he was on Fox News who's the social media guy when he that first played he was interviewed so what do you think and he said are you kidding me these unemployed actors are trying to tell people that they are the elite, they know what's right and they should these electors should be doing them. It's exactly the same reason why they lost is because the political and educated elite think they know better. Correct. And there was a there was a poll out after the election uh, a non-profit poll. The question was should only college educated people be allowed to vote in the election and 63 percent said yes 63 percent and there's now this discussion about a movement to eliminate the electoral college and go to popular vote and if you i also did a piece on the constitution on that very issue and it takes 11 states under that under that rule to win the election to earn the 270 votes That means that 39 states, 39 people, 39 states and all their citizens have nothing to say.
2: Well, I've written extensively on the Electoral College, and I think it's a brilliant system, and people who don't support it just don't understand it. They Mm -hmm. they are getting more power through the Electoral College than they realize. And if we went to a popular vote, as you said, 39 states would be completely erased forever from importance. Mm
1: -hmm. And if you look at the the vote tally in the past election, uh, if you look at the the margin by which Hillary won in California, and the margin she ran and won in New York, uh, she still only beat Trump by about three million votes, and she was up something like seven million between those two states. So she lost a big chunk of her her edge in those two states. In the other. Forty-eight states. So,
2: well, not only that, um, people act like it's an equation that if you remove one variable, if you if you make it a popular vote instead of an electoral vote, oh, we'll see, Hillary would have won. But no, because if there were no electoral college, Donald Trump would have campaigned very differently. I doubt seriously he would have lost the popular vote if he had been if his strategy had been to win the popular vote. His strategy was to win the electoral vote, and and look, it succeeded. He wasn't going to win either way.
1: Yeah, and I, but I, but I think that going back to what IQ is saying about the the college elite these are the people that are driving the process to want to change the constitution it's unacceptable to them and and i think that that america in their vote for mr trump has basically just as the british said we're done with the elites and we're done with the the corrupted politicians we want something different and i think that that's one of the reasons why the the democrats had so much trouble with trump winning the election is an emotional breakdown because they believed that they were the they were the people who should govern the elites should govern and uh it didn't work out that way and uh i think that's part of the frustration of a lot of the democrats who are still trying to go back and try and figure out a way for bill bill and hillary to get back into the white house and this idea that she's thinking about 2020 or Bernie's thinking about twenty twenty. Unbelievable. I mean, well, I is, is the Democratic pa- is a Democratic before. Party now a minority party in your mind?
2: Ah, uh, I don't know if I can answer that minority party. I mean, it, a little dabble do you with the Democrats, like you said. It's the liberal elites that are driving everything. So I do think that we, you know, are supposed to be a center right country. I don't know if we still are technically, but I think that there are very few people with too much power. And if you look at the Democrats, their, their freak out is they cannot, they're looking for every reason under the sun why Hillary lost. It has nothing to do with her. So Comey, uh, WikiLeaks, the Russians, the fact that she was a woman, fake news. In fact, I was at a dinner party party lately um, with my business partner, invited all his gay friends, very nice people. And one man asked me, do you, what, how much do you think Hillary, being a woman, was uh, part of her loss? I said, not at all. And he said, oh, it, was, it had everything to do with it. So there's someone right there who just does not, cannot recognize that Hillary herself was just a terrible candidate, had no platform. There's all these reasons why she lost, and yet they keep, you know, who can we blame? Let me count the ways. It's everybody but Hillary. So they're still in meltdown.
0: IQ. What 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 do you make of uh, of of that situation? You know, a progressive, uh, uh, a, a gay uh, individual. Basically, that they they have all you know that they've been brainwashed to think that Hillary lost because she was a woman.
3: <laughs> Hillary lost because she was a disaster. Hillary lost <laughs> yeah, exactly. because Obama had. Obama kept his mouth shut. Most probably, uh, there is a probability that she could have won, but he interfered because he wanted her to be his third term. Well, I mean, the Americans, I I always said, the first election of Obama was a mistake, but it's a fair mistake. Anybody can make a mistake. But to elect him the second time, that was utter stupidity. So the third time was an impossibility. They had enough. So all the blames are irrelevant. I honestly see the Democratic Party dead for the next 12 years. They want Keith Allison now, a Muslim, by the way. (laughs) No Muslim. I'm going to repeat it in public again. No Muslim. Because there are Muslims who follow Sharia, can ever be loyal to the American constitution, nor be loyal to the American people. And there is no human being on planet Earth who can come against me, debate me this point, and prove me otherwise.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. IQ. I would, I would follow up your point and 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 ask a question. Were you aware? Did you hear the Obama last week when he said if he'd had a chance for a third term, he could beat Trump?
3: Yes, of course, I heard it, and I made a, a remark about him. I, I wrote an article. I mean, the guy is delusional. I know. I have always said this is what we have: the mulatto. Muslim traitor-in-chief in in the White House. I've been saying it for eight years. I have not been wrong. I have been perfectly correct. He stabbed everybody who supported, uh, who went against the Muslims. Every single time. He was the only man out of 1,500 million Muslims who said, anybody who slanders the prophet of Islam has no future. No Muslim ever said it. No Imam said it. No Ayatollah said it. Obama said it. Why? He is a Muslim. So let me let me follow up real quick, Ike, with with
1: the two things together. Um, Is the is the way Obama has treated Israel in the last month of his campaign uh, of his presidency uh, going to affect relations between the United States, or can 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 Trump quickly put it asunder? And number two. Uh, the actions by Obama against Russia, um, one would look at the way that Russians have ex- have responded publicly, um, uh, is somewhat of an embarrassment to to uh, Mr. Obama. So, what what do you think as a as a globalist?
3: What do you think about those two issues? Trump will be perfect for both of them. Trump Trump is a negotiator. I've always said. He is a businessman. He deals with negotiation. When you negotiate a business, both sides must win. Both sides make a profit. Let's put it this way. Okay? Nobody is a loser. Mm-hmm. With Israel, Israel and America have always been allies. They're both democracies, and they need each other. Israel needs America more than America needs Israel. That's for sure. We know that. Right. But Israel is the only country between the eastern border of the United States to the western border of india which is a democracy all the others are uh, muslim catastrophes now with russia we america has no problem with russia yeah. russians have no problem with america it was obama who started the problem with russia by trying to impose uh, the nato to the borders or bring nato to the borders of russia if our were uh, the leader in Russia, I would have done exactly what Putin did. Russia suffered World War Two. They don't want to repeat performance. They can talk and they will be very good friends with America, by the way. America cannot deal with Islam. Islam is the greatest threat to humanity. Full stop. Not negotiable. You need Russia. You will need China. You need India. Because four greatest powers on earth are the only group of people who will be able to first stop Islamic expansion and then reverse it there is no way on earth you can do that with political correctness forget it it doesn't work
1: so let me Jim let me ask our guest yes um, if, you, if you had to in looking at your books or your little e-books what are the top five things that you think you have to address in our country today
2: I think for sure uh, gun control climate change, uh, the illegal immigration aspect, and income inequality, the things that kind of hit people on all sections of their wheelhouse, those are the things that really get people where they live. There are other things that are interesting, and, we certainly, and they're controversial. I mean, gay marriage, it's not that central to most people's lives. I'm sure we'll do something at some point on transgender bathrooms. So those things are fascinating and, and controversial, but the things that really are determining how people live you know, climate change, free speech, um, illegal immigration. Uh, what was the other thing I said? Um, income inequality, right? The things that
1: gun control
2: are on yeah. people's plates.
1: So let me ask you a question about two of those: one on gun control, and one on climate change. Do you believe, and and if you do, what does your partner believe on the viability? that the data on climate change is true.
2: We haven't gotten into that yet. I know it's not true. He, we've had a preliminary discussion about it. It's going to be very heated when we get to do the real thing. But he thinks that because my side is discounting, you know, the modeling that computers do for climate change in the future, he's saying we're discounting science because they use modeling on weather. So we're going to go at that pretty hard. But, no, I think it's bunk, and he thinks it's true.
1: Do you think that climate change as a category was necessary because global warming didn't work?
2: Yes, I think they changed it from global warming to climate change, because the idea is how do we wrest power away from uh, the people who think we're just fine the way we are? I think fossil fuels personally I think God put them here I think he had the dinosaurs here before we were they they left and then they have their fossil fuels and we have all that and we're so innovative let's just use them till they're gone when they're gone we'll come up with other things we don't have to arbitrarily force people away from fossil fuels right now and so yeah I think it was global warming until we started cooling and now it's just climate change
3: <laughs> well,
1: we, we, we uh, I, I find it amazing that the, that that the global warming or climate change people say that we're the fact that the data hasn't changed for 30 years they describe that as a pause in the eventual uh, eventuality Um, the idea of going from global warming to climate change uh, was i think a a conscious decision because when you got 59 degrees below zero it's kind of hard to believe that we've got global warming Exactly. And so they just they decided to change the, the 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 mantra from global warming to climate change, and in reality, the climate has changed for millions and millions of years. I just find it as as a as a an incredible waste of money trying to change the climate, influence the climate by what we do. When 42% of the pollution in the world comes from China and India, yep. and they're doing nothing about it. Yep.
0: Right. So,
1: the, 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 so the country, the world has been able to absorb all of the pollutants that China and India have put into the air, and we still haven't seen any significant deterioration of the polar ice cap or Antarctica or we haven't seen any significant change in weather. Let's go to gun control. <laughs> what does that mean to you?
2: Well, to me it means hands off my guns. And if they make me register my guns, I won't do it. It's the one law I will flagrantly break. I just think it's ridiculous. I'm glad I live in Utah because we are prepared. Um, I have a concealed weapons permit. I No one is going to take away my defenses. My partner, however, fascinating. He thinks, for instance, that, was it James... I want to say James Lowe, but that's you, Jiggy. The guy that was uh, shot, up, shot up the Aurora movie theater at the Batman premiere. Oh,
0: yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So I was saying, well, he went to that theater because even though it was further from his house, it was a gun-free zone, so he knew he'd be the only one with a gun. So here's my partner's point of view. Well, if we just have everybody have guns and everybody jumps up, who, who do they know who they're shooting? How do they know if they're shooting the good guys or the bad guys? I said, well, it's the direction of the bullets. If they're shooting toward the initial shooter, they're the good guys but i mean it's just it's fascinating to me how the mind on the other side works that really they think it's dangerous to have more guns
1: but what's interesting to me is under this this gun control situation is we have 15 of the 16 largest cities in the united states are run by democratic mayors they have the most most pro prohibited gun restrictive gun laws in the nation yet they have the highest murder rates chicago, chicago has chicago. some of the strictest gun laws in the nation and the 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 gun the murder rate is out of control the, the sh- shootings are out of control so it isn't the gun that's killing the people it's the people that are holding the guns and just because you take i mean if, if i could be so bold and and IQ, I want to ask this question of you. There seems to have been a shift in ISIS and and the Taliban of moving away from weapons to other knives and trucks in their carnage. Is that by design, you think?
3: Yes, they started with Hamas in, in Gaza. They started it. Hamas started it. The imams in Gaza Started telling the Muslims uh, outside Israel and inside Israel to use trucks, to use knives, to use screwdrivers, to use anything they 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 have in their hand to kill infidels, whether Jews, Christians, Hindus, or Buddhists it doesn't matter. Look what's happening in China. Look what's happening in Russia. It's not against Jews or Christians only. This war was started 1,400 years ago by Muhammad. Against every human being who's not a Muslim. And the lady said that her partner, she can't understand their brain system. They haven't got the brain. They <laughs> honestly don't have the brain. I'm not kidding. I'm not being uh, no, facetious. Not no, at all. I, they I, haven't got the brain. Because as we said now, a few minutes ago, the democratic ruled cities, take Chicago for example, 4,400 uh, gun related. Attacks and 700 dead. And they just dismiss it. I love this woman. In Utah, you carry a gun. If I were in Utah, I'd carry a machine gun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I saw a brilliant billboard along these lines where it said, uh, Cain slew Abel with a rock. It's not a gun problem.
1: (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. I I just think... Uh, how do you? Um, how have you, or have you yet decided sequencing?
0: Yes, yes. You have a uh, lot of subject matter uh, the here. The e-book?
1: But how do you? How do you pick one and say, "I'm going to," "I'm going to," "This is where we're going to start," and then then do it?
0: Yeah, because Donna, how you've how got do. it. You've got a lot of topics here, my friend. Oh, we
2: do. We just fell into Sanctuary Cities by accident, we were doing a draft, we, we wanted to kind of map out how we would do these, and by the time we got into it, we'd done so much research, it was so complicated, and we thought, you know what, if we just finish this and put it out there, then it will help people who are confused like we were. So it just started like by accident with Sanctuary Cities, and like I said, unless something else comes up between now and then, we'll probably do political correctness next month, but we'll just be kind of responsive to whatever's happening.
0: Now, uh, I I I do have uh, a little bit of late breaking news. This is on the Drudge Report. Uh, Megan Kelly is leaving Fox News for NBC.
2: Oh, I know. Uh,
0: She is. She arrived at Fox News 12 years ago as a television news uh, host. Uh, she is now going to be leaving for an undisclosed salary and uh, she will be uh, doing a triple role. She will host her own daytime news and discussion program. She will anchor an in-depth Sunday night news show and she'll take regular part in the network special political programming and other big event coverage. Dan, she was uh she was very um not again not not a Trump fan during the uh <laughs> During the run-up to this uh, to this election, what 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 do you make of her impact? And then we'll go to IQ.
1: Well, I would say to to you first of all, she's a gorgeous woman.
2: Yeah, and in every way. And,
1: and and she's a beautiful woman. She she has reasonable smarts, but let me let me give you a a story. The woman who was on before her, Greta Van Susteren she left fox news she had she had a a great audience she had a huge twitter universe and she didn't have a place to go so the rumor on the street about greta was that her husband was ill and she needed to take some time off to take care of her husband and the discussion was that would be several years before she could come back to television Within nine months, she's now looking for a job. <laughs> Megan Kelly... Megan Kelly was on a network where she had the five. She had a special report with Brett Baer. Yep. She had Greta, followed by o- O'Reilly, and Hannity. And uh, the winner... From what I've been reading, the winner in the presidential campaign in that lineup in terms of audience was Sean Hannity. Um, I know that it's sometimes that the grass is always greener on the other side, but I, I give you a name, Katie Couric. <laughs> yeah, she okay. left, and now what's she doing? Well, not soon she's not going to be doing anything, but her last gig was a, a live news feed show on Yahoo.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's got it's to like Goldberg. So I I, just, I don't
1: I don't think it was a smart <laughs> move by Megan. I don't know what she's making, but um she's lost the anchors around her and she's going to a mainstream media that's losing
0: audience.
2: Yes. Because you think they're soliciting her to build back their audience, and she's bound to in some ways. I mean, she's an. I, I think she has more than reasonable smarts. So I think she's a force of nature.
1: But if you if you understand what Jim said, her her main show. I read the same release, Jim. Yeah. Her main show is an afternoon news and talk format.
2: Yeah. And I think that's after because of kids.
1: Noon. after noon, afternoon, after being on at being nine o'clock prime time. She's going to her major gig is going to be afternoons with Megan. I, I don't think I don't think it's, it's <laughs> going to work.
2: Well, we'll see.
1: But she's but not I going back. We'll she's not going back to Fox. And I, I, you know, when 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 Greta left, they brought in Britt Hume for a short stay. He he got more ratings than Greta, and then they brought in the gentleman who. Uh, Tucker Carlson who's responsible for the Daily Caller, who I write for, and he's he's trying to figure out what his show's wanna gonna be. But I think um, there's a lot of female talent, on air talent, um, at Fox News that can step into Megan's program and just might get a home
3: run.
0: I agree. IQ, what, what do you make of all this, my friend?
3: Well, I watched Megan Kelly many, many times. And when it comes to the Middle East and politics, she is absolutely clueless. I mean, utterly clueless. Uh, this is not a brag. It's my subject. And when That's, I come true. To my That's subject, true. No, honestly, it comes, when it comes to my subject, I know it inside out. I've been doing it for 30 years. I have all the challenges on the Internet. Nobody has taken them up. So I have no problem with it. But she is clueless. You know, most Americans never bothered to even Google Al-Quran and read it. And I've always said, you don't need to read 114 chapters of the Quran. All you need to read are chapters 1 to chapters 9. And that's all. And by the time you finish 9, you will know more about Islam than 98% of the Muslims who don't read the Quran. Mm. Back to you. Yeah, Donna. I think
1: he 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 brings up a very interesting point. Yes, uh, I've I've been as she may not know, but I wrote a book, a trilogy on radical Islamic nuclear terrorism called "The Brotherhood of the Red Nile." It's a it's a trilogy, and in my first book, it's called "A Terrorist Perspective." I try to help the reader begin to understand the basic fundamentals of why the the Islamic people hate us so much as a nation and as a people. Um, I, I think that there is a I think there's a huge problem in the United States of meaningful education about what's going on, not news, what's going on around the world, what's happening. Uh, we have become um, um, a nation of ignorant people. We don't understand what's going on in Egypt or Israel or Iran or Iraq, and, um, and because we, we have not been educated uh except for shows like what jim's doing here uh about what's going on around the world uh we've got the mainstream media who's deciding what they're going to send out uh we have a very uneducated american public and you're right iq um i ask the question all the time when i and i do 40 to 60 interviews a month and i ask the talk show hosts listen let me ask you a question what percentage of your audience has ever read any part of the quran and I've never seen anything above 5%, and that's probably a lie when they're telling me that. Um, so we don't understand, as a nation, we still do not understand the magnitude. And Donna, this is something I think you got to—you really got to begin to think about, is how do we begin, how do you, as part of the media, begin to educate people about the Koran, uh, what motivates these people, what drives these people, why they have so little value for life? Uh, because we need to understand our enemy, whether we call them radical Islamic or not. Just because we call them radical Islamic doesn't mean we understand what they believe and why they hate us so much. And we need you know what, more education one, so on that, going
2: that front. To add that to our list. I will add that to our list.
1: Thank why, you. It's very important. Why
2: Islam hates the West? Why? Or what is that whole concept of Sharia? Why do do they want to impose it? And and IQ, I don't mean to overstep, and maybe it's it's presumptuous to think that we can understand that, but I do think that we need to address it from within our own culture because nobody understands it. It's true.
1: But, Donna, understand—excuse me for interrupting you, IQ. I know you wanted to say something. We had nine Supreme Court justices who decided, as after thousands upon thousands of years— they were going to decide what was marriage. They didn't understand that what we do in the United States, and this is the point that I try and make in my first novel, what we do in the United States has ramifications around the world. And when we said it was okay for gays to marry, that is a direct affront against the Islamic religion. And we didn't pay any attention to it. Our court didn't pay any attention to it and didn't realize what kind of a problem it was going to create for us going forward. Am I right, IQ? Yes, but it's not
3: against only Islam. Look, this is not racism or uh, philosophy. A marriage is with male and female, full stop. You can call the other type not marriage, you can call it an association. I don't give a damn what you call it. (laughs) But to blaspheme by calling it marriage is a blasphemy. And I'm not a religious person. I'm not looking at it from God's point of view. I'm not interested in God's point of view. It is biology, male, female, full stop. Got a lot of stuff to work on there, young lady.
2: (laughs) I know, it's it's lifetime lifetime job security.
1: You know, one of the things that you ought to, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you what you should do, I'm making a suggestion. As you get into some of these issues, IQ is somebody you need to talk to off the air because he could be a great resource to help you understand and bring perspective about what's going on.
3: I'm more than well, happy to help, help anytime. All you need TV. to do is Google my name. Elresuli at, yeah, at gmail.com. Elresuli at gmail.com. That comes directly to me. You can ask any question you want, and you will always get the truth, the whole truth okay. and nothing but the truth.
0: Great. Well, you- as we wrap up here, Dan, uh, how's the foundation doing? And uh, give, give us some details on, on books and everything.
1: Well, the foundation is doing very well. We finished the year with, we had a target of 50 institutes. Judy was boring. Hello.
0: Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.